Amen. Thank you all. Take your Bibles, if you would. Turn to the Psalms, number 137. The Psalm, number 137. Again, what a joy it is to see each of you in the Lord's house today and glad that God has blessed our families to the point that we have uh, health and safety as well as happiness. Again, Psalm 137 uh, for your reading today uh, listed on PowerPoint would be verses 1 through 4. And uh, as well, if uh, I do not mention the remaining four verses, I would encourage you to read this psalm in its entirety, okay? It is a very good psalm. It is a historical event that took place. And as a result of that, we can learn, I pray, some lessons uh, concerning uh, the Jewish people from this. I want to title it, For Sakes There of Knowing Where I'm Going, Singing in the Strange Land. Singing in the Strange Land. And we'll gather that uh, from verse number 3 and verse number 4 as we go through the passage, okay? Follow along as we read. It says, By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down, yea, we wept when we remembered Zion. We hanged our harps upon the willows in the midst thereof. For there they that carried us away captive required of us a song. And they that wasted us required of us mirth, saying, Sing us one of the Lord's songs, or sing us one of the songs of of Zion. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? Notice again verse 3 and verse 4. It says there, Sing us one of the songs of the Lord. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? A couple of months ago, I began on a Sunday morning. I was in the book of Ezra chapter 3 preaching, and just for a brief uh, reverse from where we were, uh, the book of Ezra is the beginning uh, of the years after this particular passage took place. This passage is introducing us to the uh, captivity there of the Jews to the Babylonians. Now, with all of that, uh, somewhere around 600 B.C. or a little bit later, what we see there is that they remained there about 70 years, uh, and that's where the book of Ezra comes in when they're headed back home for those who wanted to. Backing back up to Psalm 137 is when this group of people were carried captive uh, into Babylon. Again, if you would like to view your maps sometime, you will see that uh, this mileage, uh, as we would call it, kilometers as they might call it, this would not be a terrible ride for us uh, uh, if we were on an interstate and got in our car on the morning and we could arrive over there in the evening. However, you got to re uh, remember they were traveling 
the desert there with their sandals, and they were uh, likewise carrying their few belongings with them. And once uh, they arrived there, the Scripture tells us that the Babylonians in their curiosity now is desiring to hear these Jewish people sing one of the Lord's songs or one of the songs uh, there of the Lord's people. Now I want you to see a few things with me. First of all, I want you to see what I call the strange land, okay? The strange land, as we're looking at that. It says, by the rivers of Babylon. Verse 4 calls it, in a strange land. So what I see first is that they are out of town. You know, many of us, from time to time, we would like to take a little journey out of town for a day. And as a result of that, whether you go south or east, whether you want to go north, what you do is you select a place that you would just like to go and spend a little time for the day. Maybe you would like to go out to eat. Maybe you have other plans. The reality is just simple. In our day and time, we just want to go somewhere sometimes. Well, uh, as I look at this group of people who are now carried out of Jerusalem, now they're east and they're there by the rivers of Babylon, out of town. They're not on another continent. They're not, uh, as we see it, uh, somewhere far, far away. However, they have lost their sense of identity. They're in another community. They're in another country, as we would call it. They are not the ones in control. They are not making the rules. They are not making the laws. But this strange land to them is out of town. Many of you are in Waycross. You have lived in various places before. Sometimes it's good to have been somewhere else. And when I say that, those who have never moved might not can relate to the strange town or out of town, okay? Well, these people, as we see the strange land, were out of town. Secondly, they were out of position, okay? As they were out of position, the Scripture said, There we sat down, yea, we wept, when we remembered Zion. Now that uh, verse there, verse number 1, is uh, helping us to remember them not only positionally, But we can also see them spiritually, we can see them psychologically, we can see them emotionally because they're out of position. Now they're sitting down and they're in a state there of crying or weeping. Yes, what would bring that about on a day like today? Well, they remembered where they were. I can still tell you, thank God for memory. Although it might not be as sharp as it was uh, some years ago, I hear others of you telling others uh, about how your memory is failing and 
You know, it's, it's just a reality. But these people now, whether young or old or a mixture of both, uh, they're now transported out of town. They're out of position. They cannot see the ancient landmarks. And because of that, this can be very demeaning. It can be degrading. And we also are going to learn it can be demanding. Why? All because that they have been carried away captive. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we can say thank you, God, that where we live, we have not been carried away captive as of yet. Now, if you're captive, it might be to your own self. Or if you're captive, it could be that you have surrendered your will to someone who is controlling you. However, these people now were in a place, and it simply, to me, is a strange land as I describe it. Not only are they out of town by the rivers of Babylon, not only were they out of position, sitting down and weeping, but they were out of tune. It said, We hanged our harps in the willows in the midst thereof. Surely some of you might have some instrument that is stored in a closet at your house that you might used to have played. It could have been an instrument that you got when you were in fourth grade, elementary school, when you might have started band. However, it could have been an instrument that you picked up on your own and you purchased it with your own money. It could be a guitar. It could be a ukulele. It could be a banjo. And you're saying, hey, preacher, I got one of those in my closet. I haven't used that forever. These people, it says there, they're out of town, they're out of position, they're out of tune. They hang their harps in the willows, and they're intending probably never to have to use them again. I liken that, ladies and gentlemen, to what we might experience in our lives. It may not be a catastrophic event that carries us there. It might be just some small thing that would cause us to sense ourselves in a similar situation that these people are in. Now, out of tune, I call it. What could cause them to hang their harps? There I'm seeing worship. I'm seeing praise. And what in the world could cause them to cease doing what God would have us all active in, which is worship. I put these three things. It could be they are frustrated. So they could be doing that out of frustration. It could be doing that that they're out of that it's out of desperation. And thirdly, it could be simply out of speculation. Now, folks, many of us we have. Uh, we have probably tried the instruments, have we? I think I took piano lessons one day and the poor teacher said, no hope for him. You know, I, I never tried a, a wind instrument. I never was in band, you know. Uh, I probably tried guitar and I could say my fingers were too short. Now, you know, one excuse is good as another, somebody said. But ladies and gentlemen, we've all done something that had great meaning to us and others. 
in our lives that we have ceased doing for whatever reason there may be. I call it the strange land. Can I tell you some other lands that are strange lands to us and you might can relate to them better? How about the strange land of struggles? As I was uh, studying this passage this week, it came to my mind out of 1 Samuel chapter 17 that there was uh, this same group of people, although not the same people, it was the same group of people, for it was the Hebrew people who one time were on one side of a valley and then there were the Philistines uh, on the other side of a valley and they're, they're standing at a stalemate uh, because nobody from the Hebrew people would stand up to Goliath and the Philistine people. And I'm telling you, when David went there to check on his brothers, there at the authority of his dad, what David saw was two groups in a strange land. Didn't matter whose territory it was. It was a strange place to be. Folks, do you find that struggles are a strange land? You may sense today that you've never struggled. But let me remind you, I've struggled physically. Sometimes it's been an emotional struggle. Other times uh, it has been a psychological struggle. Sometimes uh, it is a spiritual struggle. But I don't know about you, I never feel comfortable in a time of struggle. Now, there's sometimes as I struggle through something, God gives me peace because He assures me that He is with me. But friend, let me tell you something about struggles. That is a strange land. As I study the Scriptures, as I look back in the book of beginnings, and I even look to the end there in the Revelation, I find that God assures us that we can have confidence in our struggles, but He never tells me that we have been, that we have been brought to a comfortable place a comfortable place through that. David had his Goliath there and he defeated him. David later will have his Saul. Elijah would have his Jezebel. So you understand what struggles might be. Amazing. What might be a struggle to you may not be to someone else. But I promise you this, struggles are a strange land. There's a second area of, of, of suffering there that I call it. I think that's a strange land as well. Uh, can you imagine the time that you probably uh, were suffering the greatest uh, uh, that you have ever uh, suffered? I'm not sure what it might have been. It could have been when you had the mumps at Christmas time. You say, what do you mean? Yes, I had the mumps one year at Christmas. It could have been when you had the flu on your birthday. Yes, you know, amazing thing about COVID, nobody's had the flu for a year and a half, I haven't heard. And I'm not belittling COVID. I just believe somebody's had the pure old common flu along the way somewhere. Suffering. You know, I'm not finding people normally when I'm out ministering, whether it's by phone, whether it's by, whether it, usually it's by phone anymore. Very few homes do we get in. Why? We don't want, we couldn't stand being the one that might have uh, gave, gave somebody COVID or something. We feel good, but we sure couldn't stand the thought. But anyway, what am I saying there? Sufferings. I don't find anybody who says, hey, thank God I'm suffering. Thank God I'm struggling. 
Now, we usually will say something like this, Why me, Lord? But there are a few people that will say, Why not me, Lord? Because others are going through this themselves. I could go on and on about the strange land, couldn't I? Suffering, struggles, secrecy. You know, uh, David, even in the Psalms, would mention presumptuous sins. What would he be talking about? I think he would be talking about some secret sins, uh, possibly some secret struggles. Did you know we we don't know half about one another, do we? We may think we know one another. You may, may, you hear me, you may possibly get very honest with maybe one individual that is what you would call your best friend or it might be your mentor. It might be somebody that uh, is an accountability partner. You may share with them that strange land of secrecy, but most likely there are many things that nobody knows, but you struggle in that strange land. Oh, as I prepared this, I was thinking about how not that we are the children of Israel in a strange land, but we are similar, but our place is different. Not only do we see in this passage him talking about the strange land, but I want you to notice that he goes further than that as well. He talks about the Lord's song Look at verse 3, latter part of verse 3. And then verse 4, he said, They that wasted us required of us myrrh, saying, Sing us one of the Lord, or sing us one of the songs of Zion. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? Now you see me, every time I read the latter part of verse 3, I want to misquote that, saying it, Sing us one of the Lord's songs. uh, there And it really is the Lord's song. And they say, how can we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? Let me tell you something else about the struggles in the strange land just a moment. Whether it's uh, thoughts or ideas, whether it's views or attitudes, uh, whether it is daily struggles or deliberate ones, uh, let me remind you of some things before we go too much further. First of all, the strange land can be unavoidable. It may not be anything we plan to do. Definitely, we should uh, uh, not have planned for it. But yet it can be unavoidable. Strange lands uh, can be unpredictable. One day we're well, the next day we're ill. One day uh, uh, we're, we're at a comfortable spot and the next day it's all gone. What am I saying? You know, there's the reality of these strange lands uh, that we arrive in, and they can be unavoidable, unpredictable, but they're also impartial. Someone you know today, and you don't have to think very deeply, someone you know today is somewhere in their life that is a hard place. And I'm going to call that a strange land, okay? The hospital's full of them, I'm told. Not just this local hospital, but others. As I talk to funeral directors, they tell me they are very weary. Someone told me about a graveside funeral that was this past week, and they told me at the odd time it was at, and they said that's the only slot that we had available. Friend, I'll tell you something. People are living in a strange land. 
It's a place that they call home. But there's some strange things happening. Therefore, says they that, requ- they that wasted us require of us myrrh, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. And how shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? Can I tell you a few things about music that bless us? First of all, when I think of music or songs, the Lord's song is serene. Now, if you don't understand what serene means, I'm talking about being peaceful. I'm talking about something that will make us better, something that will help us with a, an attitude that will help us to move through this particular time, whether it's struggle or suffering or secrecy or sentiments. It really doesn't matter. The Lord's song does that. Now, if you had a songbook available, and you probably do at home, if not, they're available on your cell phone. If you do not have that, we've got them stored away till we can bring them back out when we don't mind touching everything again. There are many types of song books, hymnals, etc. You know, as you think about many of them in your short lifetime that you have sang from. A compilation, a compiling of various songs, Christian songs, you know I'm talking about. The Lord's song is serene. In my truck, if you get in my truck, and the guys who ride with me very far can attest to the fact that uh, my radio is usually always on Christian music, Southern Gospel, if I can find it. Why is it there? Let me tell you why. Because it helps my mind. Sometimes it helps me deprogram or reprogram. It is serene. Now, I don't have to tell you much about what your day's like because I can't. You'd get bored if I told you what my days are like. Why? Because it would be very unusual. To you, it wouldn't be very stressful. But your day, to me, might not be very stressful. But what we need is we all need a way to stay at peace. And sometimes the Lord's music does that, the Lord's song. Secondly, not only is the Lord's song serene, the Lord's song can be stimulating as well. I tell you, uh, if you get down and out, uh, I would suggest to anybody the Word of God and the songs of God are the place to start getting stimulated. Now, yes, the people of God as well. But uh, normally, if, if I'm uh, down and out or, or so, uh, the Word will give me peace, the song will give me peace, and likewise, it will stimulate me. It will energize me. Now, are we guilty, though, of maybe thinking about these songs only in the sense there of, oh, that one was good, this one is better. They're being told, sing us one of these songs. Can you imagine? They're in a strange land, out of town, out of position. They've hung their harps up in the willows. And now the enemy says, hey boys, sing us one of the songs that you're used to singing. Now to us, let's be honest, that might not be an easy place to sing Amazing Grace from, could it? That might not be an easy place to sing Bind us together. That might not be an easy place to sing, you know, from. 
but yet they're being challenged. The Lord's song is serene, it's stimulating, it's solidifying. Other words, it'll hold us together. Think about things that keep us together or keep other things together. You know, go down the, go down the adhesive aisle in Lowe's. They've got a new type of glue or caulking being born every day. You know, you might like this particular type of super glue. You might like this Gorilla Glue. Or you might like this old-fashioned Elmer's Glue. But let me tell you something about the Lord. The Lord's song is solidifying. It keeps us together, binds us, does it not? You know, the hardest thing about being in a strange land is if you're there by yourself. This is not them by themselves. This is an effect there of many possible Jews by that river that day. And those guys or those men and women out of Babylon saying, Sing us one of the Lord's songs. Ladies and gentlemen, what do you do when you're in that strange land? Sometimes we weep, do we not, like they are. Sometimes, as we're moving through it, we pray a lot as we're moving through it. We don't find the uh, urgency of prayer in this, which is fine. I know that they are praying people, but thirdly, there's the fact of song that helps us through it as well. In the middle 70s, possibly, late 70s, mid 80s, I'm not sure this was written at that time, but there was, I think it was a cantata even that was written or a uh, group of songs that were put together. But the key to that was bind us together, Lord, bind us together with cords that cannot be broken. Bind us together, Lord, bind us together. Bind us together with love. There's one thing for this group of people that was in a strange land. They still had one another largely. The only groups that I can remember that went into captivity and they stayed strong were Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, first chapter of Daniel. This is the same time period that we're, that we're reading about. The Lord's song is solidifying. Some of us are strong together today because of one another. We have people we're praying for in hospitals today. And, and they would long to be together with us. But we can be together with them in spirit as we pray. There was a group of people, two was the group, it was a small group, that I found in Acts chapter 16 in a strange place they were singing. And of Paul and Silas. If you remember Paul and Silas, the scripture says that while they were in prison... Uh, in Philippi, if I remember right, it says there about midnight, the chords came into their mind and they began to sing. What they sang, I don't know. They might have been singing that old song that we like, I'll Fly Away, I don't know. But I know this, that it was a strange song to the keeper of that prison. And the reason I say it was strange because the doors of that prison came open. Now it wasn't because of their singing maybe that the doors came open. 
I just wanted you to see that we can sing the Lord's song in a strange land because we find them doing that. C.H. Spurgeon wrote, When the soul grows sorrowful, he revives it. When it is sinful, he sanctifies it. When it is weak, he strengthens it. He has many ways to revive the soul. Prayer, His Word, the Holy Spirit, hope, Christian community, experience. He does it. You know what the strange land does to some of us? The strange land can make us, if we're not careful, not want to be among our peers and friends. There have been times in my life, and I confess it to you, that I've been the pastor of a church, and I literally was going through a a hard situation. I'm not talking about family or anything. I'm just talking about a personal time. And you know, the, the heart of the matter would be, hey, you know what, I don't even want to go there tonight. You say, preacher, you mean you've thought like that before? Absolutely. You know why? Because the devil likes to isolate us. He likes us to think that nobody cares. He likes us to think that we'll never get over it. But friend, let me tell you something. When we're in the strange land like we are going through things right now, we need one another greatly. Maybe you're going through something and you haven't shared it with anybody. Please, if you can, find one person that you can share your heart with. And folks, if somebody comes up to you and wants to do that, you better agree to silence forever on that matter. Why? Because confidence is one of those things that help us get through these times. Now, as I close, Psalm 85, 6 says, Will thou not revive us again, that thy people may rejoice in thee? Psalm 51, 12 said, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Did you know David wrote both of those verses? Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. You know what the folks there sitting by the river at Babylon had lost? Their joy. Their joy. And friend, I want to tell you, seriously, if we're not careful, the enemy in these times of separation and isolation will rob us of that joy Because of being together, we can find the energy to face each new day. Would you bow your head with me as we pray together this morning? Father, can I just remind you, Lord, you haven't forgotten it, and I know that, but when I say remind you, can I just remind you, we desperately need you. We can't do anything.